Thank you so much for that. If you were able to stand for the gospel reading, I invite you to stand with me. The good news according to John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I bet every wish, everybody wishes they could have those kinds of stories to tell at a eulogy. They're very special. To have some light moments and some tender moments. I always enjoy visiting John and Sally. I do a lot of visiting with people in hospitals, people who are ill. And I have to say that I don't always come away with a big smile on my face and feeling like I got some real energy and fun from the visit, but with John and Sally, there was always some great stories. There was always stories about the children, the grandchildren, fun stories, laughter, and stories of hope and inspiration. And I didn't hear those stories about the fire, so it seems about almost a theme there. And Tony, I know it's like to be the youngest. It's good and it's bad at the same time. I was the youngest of eight, so maybe that's even worse. And the stories were always interesting, and there were some stories that went way back, and stories about teachers, and conflicts with teachers, and standing up for the children. There's one story, though, that really sticks out. I'll just tell one story. And it's a fire theme, again. And after she told me, I, I think my jaw just dropped after she told me the story. And I said, can I use that? I want to use that. I think it was my Easter sermon I used it. She told me about her father, his name was Salvatore. And she talked about him being a fireman, firefighter. And she told the story about a time when there was a big building that had filled up with gas. Have you heard the story? There was a big building filled up with gas. And of course, it was incredibly dangerous. They couldn't just all rush in there. They had to get a volunteer to go in, contain the gas, open up the building, air it out. And when they asked for a volunteer, she told me that her dad volunteered. And she said that he was confident that he could go in there and be safe. And she said the reason that he was so confident was because it was an anniversary. They had a, a child that they had lost, a young child who died very young. And she said this day when he was showing up at this building, this emergency, this moment for him to take his life into his own hands, it was the anniversary of the death of his child, his young child. So he was sure that he was protected. 
he was sure that that was a good day for him to do something dangerous, for him to do something that he needed to, to stand up and answer a call to be there for somebody else. And I just thought that was amazing. I just loved that. Just to tell you, it just tells you so much about his character, about his view of the world, that I thought to myself, you know, if that was me, and it was the anniversary of a tragedy, and somebody was telling me to do the most life-threatening thing I could ever do, I probably thought that was a bad sign. I think a lot of people would think a tragic anniversary like that would be a day to, to stay in bed and to stay under the covers and, you know, to binge watch your favorite TV show or something just to isolate yourself. Not a day to go out and rush to a scene and to be ready to say, I will go. I will go forward. And I just think that that's a really interesting thing to think about how you could completely shift your perspective from one direction to another. That for most of us, anniversaries of tragedies or, or sad occasions or deaths, we think of it as very painful and tragic. And pain and death is a part of death. But there's more to death than that. And you could see that. And I think that maybe we need to think about what kind of a person would imagine such a day to be so propitious, to be such a grace-filled day, to be such a blessed day, to be such a day to imagine God's protection for you. To think about that, that as we encounter difficulties, tragedies, losses, setbacks, disappointments in life, to be able to think about how you come back from those things, or how you live with them, or how you live through them, to be stronger, to be confident, to feel God's grace and God's presence and God's protection. And what is that? What is that view of the world? What is that way of looking at things that says, I believe that I can do something. I believe that this is a good day for me to do something important for somebody else. I believe that this is a, an important day for me to be the person who is the greatest person on the scene. Vakov Havel was the Czech writer and playwright. In 1968 in Czechoslovakia, he participated in a mass protest against the Soviet-backed regime. The protest was called the Prague Spring. And Vakov Havel had helped found several dissident initiatives. And these, of course, brought him under the scrutiny of the government. He was put under surveillance by the secret police in Czechoslovakia, and he endured multiple prison sentences, including one that lasted for four years. If you know the story of Václav Havel, you know that he's somewhat like Nelson Mandela. He went from being a jailed dissident to the president of a newly reformed nation. And people would ask him, you know, in during that time in prison, being in prison once and continuing to be a dissident, living in such an oppressive regime, and thinking that you're going to be the one to stand up and to speak out, people asked him about what it was, to try to get at his character, what it was about him that would help him to endure, to sustain that courage, to continue to, to be that brave. And he was asked what it was that sustained him in being so optimistic. And he said, it's not optimism. And he said this, he said it was hope. And Bhagavad Pablo said, hope is definitely not the same thing as optimism. It is not the conviction that something will turn out well. 
but the certainty that something makes sense, regardless of how it turns out. So he had kind of an anticipation that life would be difficult, that there were challenges that we would have to face, and that there was no guarantee that we would survive or that we would be able to be effective or get the result we wanted, but that you had to do it. And that somehow there was something called hope that would sustain him, even in the midst of setbacks and failures. And so I think sometimes we don't understand the singular nature of hope. And we might think of it as something like optimism, that, well, everything will work out, or things aren't so good now, but they'll get better. It's not that. It is the conviction that something, it is not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense, regardless of how it turns out. So for your granddad, your great-granddad, to be at that scene, at that emergency, at that day, that tragic day, and to take hope from that, to take hope from the fact that it was the anniversary of probably the most tragic day in his life, to think that he was the one who was there for just that time. I think we have a very different idea of death today than people did, I guess, that would have been 100 years ago. We think of death as tragic, as wholly tragic, but it's more than that. We think of death as failure, as an embarrassment. People talk about someone who died after a long battle with cancer. They say, this person lost their long battle with cancer. But who's to say that death is a failure or a loss? I think that's a matter of how you look at it, how you see it, how you choose to see death. And for Salvatore to see the anniversary of his child's death as a day to be hopeful, is something very different from the way I think a lot of us understand that and how we live with it going forward. How we don't just try to bury it and forget it or ignore it or avoid it, but face it head on and say, this is the day of great tragedy for me and this is a day that I feel called to do something that most people would never consider even doing. Imagine considering the anniversary of a death to be a very fortuitous, a very propitious, a very blessed day. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, today's the day so-and-so died. And think that this is a day for me to stand up and to be courageous and to be bold and to face life and to face down death. Have you ever felt that way about an anniversary? I don't know anyone who's ever told me that. And when she told me that about her father, I just thought, that is incredible. What kind of a person would have their view of death shaped like that, to live that way day in and day out. And if you think about it, for people who follow Christ, we have an anniversary of his death, which we call Good Friday. And we have a symbol of his death, the cross, which we display. We display in our homes, we wear it, and we think of it as something to give us grace and blessing and strength and courage and hope. So I think about that, that way of viewing death, that way of living in the shadow of the death that says that death was done for me, it was given for me, and it's something that I can use, that I can live through, 
and I can get back to it.